0: Welcome to Launchpad, the unique radio show and podcast that celebrates new book releases and the authors that created them. Now, let's take off with your host, Grace Salmon.
1: This is Launchpad. Welcome to episode 34 with Luella Bryant, Sherry Hobbs, Carrie Lowe, and Amanda Schiavo. I'm so excited today because we are welcoming four writers from Black Rose writing. They'll share their memoirs, their biographies, and their novels. Travel with us to the Renaissance, to the times of the Titanic and World War II, to the present day. You'll meet historic figures and marvel at personal journeys all the way to finding your very next best book. We're live today in the bookish road trip and we're so excited to welcome these authors today. Hopefully, Luella Bryant will be joining us in a bit. And right now, on behalf of Mary Helen Sheriff, we wish you a Happy New Year. And this is being recorded in front of a live audience. If you are with us live, please feel free to add comments, make questions up for our guests. We're so excited that we do have um, people watching us today. And uh, thank you for joining us. I want to start with Luella. Bryant, who hasn't had a chance to join us yet, she has written an amazing novel called Sheltering Angel. It's a true story about the Titanic. So we'll talk more about that as we move through our program today. Sherry Hobbs with Mac, The Wind Beneath My Wings, a biography. Carrie Lowe, Becoming an American, a memoir. And Amanda Schiavo with In Her Own Right, a novel of Lady Mary tutor i want to start sherry with you please tell us about your book mac the wind beneath my wings
2: thank you so much um yes well growing up um i too was a baby boomer uh post world war ii like carrie and growing up i knew that my father had been a pilot in world war ii and i knew his plane had been shot down and that he and his surviving crew had spent three weeks navigating the Japanese islands uh, before they were rescued when he was in Guadalcanal. But it wasn't until I retired and I opened uh, a box of memorabilia and found letters that he had written home during the war. And I once I saw that, I found other uh, commendations and articles And I realized uh, what a unique story this was. And uh, when I started to do the research for the book, uh, the ditching of the plane and the three weeks on the island was of course a very exciting story. But I found that there was so much more to tell. Um, He spent a year in Guadalcanal flying 52 missions in a plane uh, that was put together so quickly and so haphazardly that men were more likely to die in accidents than they were in actual combat. And then after spending a year flying those missions and surviving, he was called back to the United States to train on another new bomber, uh, the B-56, uh, which are 29, excuse me, which was the one designed to carry the atomic bomb. And that's when he was stationed in Guam and flew another 30 missions uh, to Tokyo. So his war story was interesting. Um, but part two, I sort of slide into a little bit of a memoir where I recall the man I knew growing up. And uh, we lived in Vietnam when he was Attaché, And I also had the opportunity to live in France when he was in NATO. So it's, uh, it's the story of his life as told uh, through my eyes in the second part.
1: What an amazing, amazing story. I'm so glad you brought it to light. We'll hear more about Mac in uh, more of our program. Carrie Lowe, tell us about Becoming American.
0: Thank you, Grace. Uh, My book is a memoir. Uh, It follows um, my story of having grown up in post-war Europe in Austria and Germany uh, with parents who were Holocaust survivors. Uh, my father had been a refugee from Vienna who narrowly escaped uh, before the onset of the war. Uh, my mother uh, was from Slovakia and she was in hiding through most of the war and survived with just one other member of her family who also had been in hiding. Uh, they separately came to the United States after the war uh, and. Uh, met there and then returned to Europe uh, because my father was uh, recruited to work uh, on the staff of the uh, Nuremberg War Crimes Tribunal. And so when he finished that work, uh, he went to uh, work for the occupation government in post-war Austria, uh, and that's when I was born. uh, ironically, my hometown of Brownau I'm in was actually Adolf Hitler's birthplace. So there's great ironies in this story. But in any event, um, we lived in, uh, in Europe until I was in my early teens, and then uh, we all moved to the United States uh, through my father's work uh, at different military intelligence agencies. Um, I wound up... Uh, going to high school in the Boston area, but then moving to California to go to college and staying here the rest of my life. Here I became uh, a, a military officer, a lawyer, um, a, a journalist, a college professor, and a great, varied professional career, and each of those steps drew me more and more into American culture and politics. I got very involved in American politics, working on political campaigns, uh, never running for office myself, but uh, being involved with a lot of notable people uh, who did, Uh, and uh, becoming uh, very involved in organizations and causes that were uh, very prominent and and hopefully made a big impact during those years. Uh, I wrote this book because I was um, concerned about how much uh, negative feeling there was toward immigrants and uh, the uh, sense that, um, that immigrants weren't becoming real Americans. And I wanted to demonstrate that at least in my experience, One could be an immigrant who came here at any age, got engaged in America in in every possible way, the economy, the politics, the the culture, uh, and made a big contribution, hopefully, to those things. Uh, And that that would uh, have a positive impact on the dialogue going on in this country around uh, immigration and what it really means to be an American.
1: Very timely, I think, uh, for sure. Last but not least, we have Amanda Schiavo, who has written a book, not in her own voice, but sharing the voice of Lady Mary Tudor in her own right. Amanda, tell us about your book.
3: Yeah, so In Her Own Right is the first of uh, two books in a series I'm writing about, uh, Mary's life. And it tells the story of Queen Mary the First of England, on her journey from being born a princess to being declared a bastard, to triumphing as the very first woman to rule England in her own right, England's first queen regnant. And I really wanted to tell Mary's story because she tends to be um, sort of a side character in a lot of mainstream Tudor fiction. And she has this myth, this legend about her. She's Bloody Mary. And I wanted to really get to the heart of who the actual woman was. And although it is a novel, I stayed as true to Mary's real life as I possibly could. Her story really didn't need any embellishment. So um, it really was just a, about learning about who Mary was and kind of putting the legend to rest and introducing the real Mary to, to the world.
1: And this is the first of two books?
3: Yes, this is the first of two books. You're going to follow Mary on her journey from a little girl, uh, England's uh, princess, the pearl of her father's world, as she was known. Then she is um, an outcast. Her father disowns her. She has a very traumatic life and eventually works her way and fights very hard to become Queen of England. And that's kind of where the first uh, book is going to End in her moment of triumph. And I'm currently working on the sequel where we're gonna get into a lot of the turmoil and trauma that was uh, her five years on the throne.
1: Well, you mentioned the word trauma, and I wanna go back since Luella hasn't had a chance to join us. Luella Bryant has written a book called Sheltering Angel, a novel, it's the true story of the Titanic. And it's an interesting story in that there's a servant on, on the boat who becomes friends with um, two of the uh, very posh passengers, and one of the male posh passenger perishes on the Titanic, but the um, servant on the boat is seen swimming along one of the sides of the boat, and uh, the uh, woman uh, Florence Cunning Cummings pulls him to safety, and it is their story about uh, their lifelong bond so trauma seems to fill each of your books in one way or another sherry let's go back to you and the trauma that mac your dad experienced three weeks alone after being shot down on his maiden voyage tell us more about mac the wind beneath my wings
2: certainly but grace if i could say beforehand that i'm disappointed that that, uh, Luella wasn't able to make it. I read her book, and it, it's just an amazing book. So well written. The characters come alive. You feel like you're on the Titanic and um, experiencing it with them. So I I had questions I wanted to ask her, and I really would encourage everyone to read it. It's wonderfully well written.
1: Okay. That's, but, that's super generous, <laughs> and I, I, you know, we'll reach out to uh, Luella and ask her to join us uh, post show, and she can do that um, through the Facebook group and through the comments. And just before you get a chance, Sherry, um, Carrie Lowe, one of our viewers, says, my best friend is from Nigeria. She became a citizen after living in the States for about 13 years and she owns five businesses and glad you wrote your memoir. So uh, Carrie Lowe and Michelle Ann Waite, thank you for that. Sherry, now back to you. Let's keep that theme of trauma
2: going. All right. So what happened was on his, this was his very first mission from Guadalcanal and um, these were young men these were all he he was a little older because he had had a year of college and had taken his private pilot's license before he was uh, before he enlisted when pearl harbor was bombed but most of these young men were 18 19 years old and uh they had to out of guadalcanal fly what they called up the slot um to uh, which was the area of uh, the ocean between all the islands and all of these islands were Japanese held. They had to fly up the slot to a harbor where their target was to bomb ships in the in this harbor. And as I said, this was their first mission uh, being fired at. So when they got there, the first two planes that bombed successfully the ship in the harbor they were shot down and uh, blown up in in this over the the target. And my dad was in the third plane, and his plane was severely wounded. And uh, it, as he as he was going down in the Pacific, he he uh, the men in the back they lost communications. The wing was on fire. Um, it, was, it must have been a horrendous uh, scene to be a part of. Uh, the men in the back, not knowing what was going to happen, they, they jumped out, parachuted out, and were strafed by the Japanese. Um, but five of them, including my father, um, when he ditched, landed the plane in the water, made it in a raft to an island and spent three weeks navigating through these uh, islands um, living on coconuts. And um, it, it I'm sure was extremely traumatic and um, wow! And they were finally rescued by uh, natives who helped them get to the Australian coast guards.
1: Well that description makes me feel like I was in the plane with your dad. So <laughs> thank you for sharing that. Carrie Blow, let's go back to that same theme of trauma because I can't imagine I, you know, I know Holocaust survivors and I know children of Holocaust survivors, but it truly is something unimaginable for those of us who didn't live it and live it up close. Uh, How did that shape your parents and shape you?
0: Well, it uh, certainly traumatized my mother greatly uh, for her whole life. She had tremendous difficulty ever talking about her experiences uh, during those years and the loss of most of her family who died in concentration camps. Um, my father was fortunate in that most his his immediate family at least made it out. Um, but um, uh, that uh, their experiences certainly colored my own perceptions because. Uh, I was growing up there in post-war Europe, surrounded by the very people who had so recently murdered most of my family. Uh, and um, while they all presumably wanted to forget about what had happened, it was certainly hard for us to forget about it. Uh, and yet you have to deal with it. Uh, and uh, I, I think um, uh, I developed a certain stoicism about it because I learned that from my parents and and the way they dealt with it. But um, uh, many years later, uh, my mother started to open up about her experiences during the war. And so I'm able to tell uh, a lot of her story in uh, the early part of my book. Uh, And it's pretty amazing what she and one of her sisters did to escape and survive and, uh, you know, Being nearly captured uh, by Nazi soldiers on multiple occasions, uh, walking through a mountain range in the middle of winter in just street clothes and joining a guerrilla army group and uh, just really amazing stuff when when I think of, of what she was like in my life and how tough she had to have been to go through all that successfully. And I think that inspired, um, I'd like to think a certain toughness in me, uh, that if she could do that much, certainly I should be able to deal with a certain amount of adversity in my life.
1: Important Absolutely. lessons to learn. Amanda, with um, Lady Mary Tudor certainly felt, dealt with many, many diversities. Why was it important for you to tell her story?
3: Mary has this reputation as, you know, being Bloody Mary, and she is held to a very different standard because she's the first woman to rule England in her own right. She. Really also um, being cat there's a lot of religious turmoil and there's a lot of religious trauma. You know, she was Catholic and eventually England does become a country where Protestantism is rooted in the national identity. So I think that also had a lot to do with sort of um, besmirching her legend and kind of creating her into being this more Bloody Mary character, this sort of um, ghost sort of legend versus who the actual woman was. And I've always been interested in Tudor history. I've, I've read Tudor fiction my whole life. And it just got to a point where I was really eager to read a novel about Mary uh, with her kind of being more balanced and nuanced. And there, uh, like I said before, there's not that many of them in the mainstream. So I decided that this was something that I was gonna do, that I was going to um, tell her story. And there was a lot of moments we were talking about trauma earlier. There's a lot of moments in Mary's story that I really felt like I could relate to her in terms of um, her family dynamic. And I could really take her and put her into a a modern lens.
1: I love that each of you in your own way are giving voice to past figures, even as you bring, you know, the current lessons, if you will, um, to each of us today. Um, One of our viewers wants to know how long each of you have been writing. So uh, Amanda, let's just go back to you for a minute. How long have you been writing?
3: Oh, sure. Well, I've been in journalism for 10 years, so a long time, but this is my first um, novel and took me about three years of writing this. Uh, So I would say about three years of of being a a fiction author.
1: And Carrie Lowe, you too have been a journalist. How long have you been writing?
0: Uh, I started writing back in the um, uh, late 70s, but most of my writing has been in the form of uh, op-ed essays for newspapers uh, or articles for professional journals. Uh, This book, Becoming American, is my first uh, full-length book. And although I now have a second book that's just been accepted for publication, uh, that's a uh, uh, also a kind of memoir, but is a series of travel uh, stories involving me and my wife, who is disabled, and the uh, I'll say interesting experiences we have uh, traveling in that capacity.
1: Fascinating. So, Sherry Hobbs. You and your writing. Did you not start till after you retired? Did I read?
2: Well, that's when I started writing books. I wrote my memoir after I retired uh, because I had sort of an interesting, unconventional life with my father being in the Air Force. We lived over in Saigon before the uh, war and uh, also got to live in Paris in my high school years. So, um, And then I had... Uh, after that, moved back, got, uh, went to college, got married to my college sweetheart and uh, moved all over the country again. So um, that was Bird of Paradise, which is someone that never stays long in the same place. Um, but uh, th- So that was my first book. This, this is my second book that I have written. And yes, both were done in, in the last uh, four years. Amazing. And
1: Luella Bryant, who wrote Sheltering Angel, this is actually her ninth book. So um, she has taught fiction and writing as well, and she's an editor as well. So uh, Luella has also um, certainly had a great deal of experience in writing. Now, each of you are with a press called Black
0: Rose Writing.
1: How did you find your way to Black Rose Writing? Anyone can start it.
0: Well, I'll start. Um, When I had finished uh, writing Becoming American, uh, I simply started contacting uh, independent publishers when I was not successful in getting an agent to take me to one of the few major publishers. And Black Rose happened to be the first one that responded positively to me. Uh, I looked them up, and um, I talked to other authors who had published with them, and all the signs were positive. So I went ahead and signed with them and have had a good experience. And so uh, I've just literally this week signed a contract for this second book with them.
1: Oh, wonderful.
3: Um, Amanda. Um, I actually discovered Black Rose Writing through uh, a social media post of a fellow Black Rose uh, writing author, Tom Starita, who wrote a book called Delta. He happened to be a teacher of mine from high school. And I saw his post, and I said, OK, got to keep these guys in the back of my mind. And when it came time to start submitting the manuscript, that's, uh, that's where I went first.
2: And Sherry? Well, my first book was self-published because uh, memoirs are typically more difficult to find publishers for, because unless you're a celebrity or somebody well-known, it's just not that uh, easy. So I did self-publish the first one. And then um, just as Carrie did, I started researching uh, smaller publishers. And uh, just ran into Black Rose writing, and uh, they're very family oriented. They have a network of uh, of writers, and um, it's very welcoming. And uh, what else can I say about them? It's it's been a wonderful experience. It's uh, been a great part of the group.
1: It's been a great press for us to partner with. I know several of their authors as well. And uh, it really is a pleasure to partner with Black Rose Writing. And uh, Mary Helen Sheriff, who is the author marketing coach, which I uh, partner with here on the Launchpad series. Um, and we're just very, very happy to have so many coming up this season on uh, the Launchpad series of Black Rose Writers, as well as um, the She Writes Press writers. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about how the writing process has changed you. I know that I have seven books uh, with my name on the front, and every single book has changed me in some way. Amanda, let's start with you.
3: I think one of the more difficult things for me from just sort of a technicality or a technical standpoint is trying to switch from writing as a journalist to writing as an author, Mm -hmm. uh, where in journalism, you know, obviously, you're quick, you're to the point, you got to get the facts out there. Whereas with Uh, a novel and fiction you're writing, um, you wanna be more descriptive and you wanna have a little bit, uh, you know, you're telling a story a little bit in a different kind of way and there's gotta be a different kind of flow. And I always tease myself because I wrote such a short novel. I I wrote like a journalist when I wrote this. So that was um, kind of an interesting experience, but also just um, from the standpoint of getting to know Mary, and even though she lived so long ago and we we had very, very different lives that we both led or are leading, um, it was a really, conne- I felt very connected to her. I felt I it was a really sort of empowering experience and feeling that connection with Mary almost made me not want to publish it because it felt very private. But, you know, at the heart of Mary's story is like, you know, it's it's family dynamics. It's, 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 Danger. It's trauma. It's love. It's it's life, and really bonding with Mary as I as I told her story. It just it just became so personal that it, it was a very scary thing to put that out into the world.
1: I love that description, and I think any time we put our work out into the world, it is very scary. Carrie Lowe, tell me that same
0: story. Yeah, I um I think the process of writing the first book. Uh, really made me a, a more introspective person because it's a memoir. So I had to really reach back into my the, the, the far depths of my memory and consciousness to recall a lot of things that had happened, uh, especially during my growing up years. Uh, and uh, to try to do that in as accurate a way as possible and not let wishful thinking get in the way of telling a a true story. Uh, So um, I went through a lot of drafts, uh, adding, changing, uh, trying to make the the, the story as uh, truthful as I could make it. And that really was a a long-term effort that I was pretty happy with ultimately. But interestingly, after first publishing the book, um, which occurred for the first time three years ago, the uh, version that's now just been published is a second edition that is substantially expanded with a lot of new material that I didn't think to include in the first edition. Uh, and the, that uh, things I thought about and recalled uh, during the, the intervening time. So um, at, at it was a great experience in, um, shall I say, self-analysis and, <laughs> and introspection. And um, I think I've come out of it as uh, you know, knowing myself and knowing the people in my life a lot better than when I began the process.
1: It certainly does change. Sherry, last but not least on this will be our last
2: question. All right. Well, I would echo what uh, Carrie said. Um, certainly introspection. It made me very appreciative of the life I've led, and the father that I had. Um, the, the writing process itself, uh, just connecting with other people and finding so many people who have had the military brat experience or the, you know, had been veterans. I connected with long lost relatives. Um, just uh, was a wonderful process, and and. Uh, feeling of uh, connecting, I think, is the main feeling that I get from it.
1: Well, I think that each of your books has changed you. I think it will change our readers. Um, In closing, I'd just like to uh, ask each of you to very quickly, Sherry, where can people get both of your books?
2: Well, they can get them just about everywhere. And I didn't hold this up earlier, but uh, this is Mac, the latest one, and the other bird of passage. They're available online. They're available, of course, at uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, just about anywhere books are sold.
3: Wonderful, Amanda. Same, you can find it on the Black Rose Writing writing website. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, pretty much everywhere. Kerry Lowe, any different for you?
0: Uh, No, Um, you can get my book uh, like the others on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, and of course, directly from Black Rose. Uh, so um, uh, easy to get, or from your local bookstore. Hopefully you support them as well.
1: Wonderful. It was a pleasure to have each and every one of you here on the Launchpad Show. To our viewers, thank you. Luella Bryant, Sheltering Angel, a novel, True Stories of the Titanic. Sherry Hobbs Mack, The Wind Beneath My Wings, a biography. Carrie Lowe, Becoming American, a memoir, and Amanda Schiavo, in her own right, a novel of Lady Mary Tudor. Thanks so much for being with us here on Launchpad.
0: This episode is copyrighted by Grace Salmon and authors on the air Global Radio Network. Thank you for visiting with us on Launchpad.